Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I am unashamed. What about you? So um, yesterday, Dad, you mentioned um, at the end of the last podcast about um, somebody coming up. Was it Opelousas that got baptized? Uh, it came from South Louisiana, Opelousas, Louisiana. Wait a minute. You caught Opelousas catfish, and then a person came from Opelousas, the right. city? Yep. yep. I'm trying to make to uh, be born again. Some kind of conspiracy. <laughs> no, he he watched. Do you think they named Opelousas, Louisiana, after Opelousas Catfish? I hope they did. Because <laughs> <laughs> that we need to call, we need to call Louisiana change the name of Louisiana to Opelousas, the state of Opelousas. The state of Opelousas. So that's a good state. So at <clears throat> WFR, Maine, we had a baptism as well, and it was a really cool story. It was one of those where like we had dismissed and somebody's kind of getting up to come out and somebody walks in the side door. Hey, we got a baptism. So everybody just hung around. We were visiting, talking. So Derek took him up. And so this guy, he, he tells the, tells our church, this guy came here from some other place, but he's, he's a drug addict. And so he was going to go into rehab today, but he wanted to get his life right and submit to Christ before he ever went about, trying to get off the drugs, which is which was smart, smart. <clears throat> but I love what he said when he went right before he baptized him. He said, you know, you're going to go into this rehab and then it'll be in recovery house and all this. He said, but the good news is, is you're taking the Holy spirit with you now, <laughs> which I thought that's a pretty good line. What yeah, it is. <clears throat> you know, you, you want to go, if you're going to go into an undertaking like that, you want to make sure the Holy spirit is with you. Because yep. uh, that's where the real power is to overcome, you know. It's, and it's like all our, we have a great recovery. That's why so many, it's just a revolving door. Yeah, because if you're trying to do it just based on the 12 steps or the whatever, then you're not going to have the true power that the overcoming power is what, what the Holy Spirit does. Although I'm, you know, I'm high on recovery houses and groups because it does a lot of good. But you got to have Jesus first. Just yep. remember that. So, you know, you don't want to leave yeah. Jesus out of your recovery process. Okay. Opelousas oh, takes its name from the Native American tribe Opelousa, who had occupied the area before European contact. French traders called coureurs de bois, trappers and hunters, yep. arrived in the Opelousas area in the early 1740s to trade with the Opelousas Indians. So Opelousas originally... Was those the name of the tribe? Indian tribe. There's so, a couple of other tidbits I have here that's interesting. Opelousa, Opelousas, Louisiana, is the self-declared spice capital of the world. Yep, a lot of spices down there. They would dab out a little seasoning on the ops. <laughs> They're actually the center of Zydeco music. Oh yeah, that's another. I, I would love dare say. I would dare say. <laughs> That in these United States of America, the individuals who have sat down and partaken 
of the Opelousas catfish. If you think about an Opelousa horse, Opelousa, he's got these colors. This, mm. this, this. Uh, you can tell him from all the other horses, Opelousas. Yep. He's got these. Uh, just shades of color here, there, and yonder, all the way from one end to the other. Kind of a brownish, blackish. Yep. 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 So the Opelousas cat, uh, I would say that less than uh, 1% of the United States of America, I'd say less than 1% have actually eaten these fish. I'll agree with that. Yep. I say it's less than 0.1%. I would say... If, uh, just a few people have you know eaten what, them. You know what struck They me? are the best eating catfish on the planet. Amen. And, and when I'll, you said you went to the Sea of Galilee. And, slam and, full of them. And it was full of them. I said, I now know that God was there. <laughs> That's right. Just like he said he was. You know what I find interesting? Because if he left that thing without Palooza's catfish, right. Jay said they're just, I mean, they're everywhere. Look, I'm real big on on. The details of life showing you the designer or yep. the detailer, the created thing showing the creator, however you want to go with that. And what I find fascinating, because we'd catch blue cat. Now, there are different kind. There's over 100 different kinds of catfish. Yep. But just the general blue cat, when you catch a pile of them, they all look the same. Yeah. Exactly the same to the naked eye. I mean, they're a little different here and there, but. But an Opelousas cat, not one of them looks exactly No, they're the same. all different. They're all different. <coughs> now, now, how does that happen? I'm talking about the color pattern. Right, yeah. The blue cat, so you take the one, so take a, uh, you know, like a channel cat, has the little black dots on him. Yeah. Now, they all look virtually the same, even though they have a different pattern. The humpback blue, they just look identical. Yep. Well, there's the Opelousas. They're noticeably different. Right. Each one is noticeably yep. different. And you know what's interesting? <clears throat> Another interesting tidbit about the Opelousas is depending on what region they are, whether it's in Oklahoma or Arkansas here, they also have different hues of color. They're darker here. That's right. You go up there and they're yellow. Yep. They're, they some call them yellow. yellow some of them call them a yellow cat. Yeah, because they're much cat. much brighter color than they, here. They're, the they're first pretty, one I ever caught, I brought him home. And I said, Paul, what kind of, what, what, what is this thing right here? And he said, oh, that's the best eating one out of the whole bunch. He knew, he knew, my daddy knew when, when I caught one. The if first you one, ate one, you would know that. Yeah. Oh, he, yeah, he said, them's the best eating catfish there is. And here's what's interesting. The mud cat looks similar to the untrained eye. Yep. An Opelousas cat, and he'll make you gag. Oh, he's terrible. That's right. When something has the name mud in it, don't eat that. Just well, he gets his name like that because you can drain a pond, all your fish will die, but the mud cat will bury in the mud. You yeah. put water on it and, and live to live and live to tell the story another day. <laughs> I mean, you talking about tough. Not only is he terrible to eat, he is tough. Oh yeah, but and an Opelousas cat has very thick belly meat. Yeah, the, so, so the, do I. Up there toward uh, his belly <laughs> no. meat. You oh, can lie, meat. you just lie him on a, <laughs> on a cutting board and you take the belly meat off of him. I mean, it's no bones in it. When I, when I dress them, when you they're ready to eat, all the bony parts are like the skeleton the, the, after you get the meat off of them. So you, you, so you can fry the bony parts. They're, they're just good, as good too, yeah. Yeah, 
but uh, there's no just floating as bones. Good. They're 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 good. Yeah. But the belly meat <clears throat> is the best part. I just think it's interesting when you think about how we got here, and you think about these verses that says, "In for by him all things were created." Colossians one sixteen, things in heaven visible and invisible. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Yeah. I see the evidence of that. Yeah. There had to be an intelligent design to this, and we're just talking about fish. That's right. So, I mean, that's why I tend to view problems in society. You know, everybody, the, the people in the political world have all their things they go, or like global warming, you know, which, look, okay. Maybe you're right. It has gotten three quarters of a degree warmer. But have you ever been outside when it's 100 degrees and said, man, it feels like it's three degrees warmer? <laughs> I've been yeah, out you know? there. I've been out there either patching a net or running a net in the early fall. You'll only see this during the early fall. It begins to cool down. And when the top water, the water on top begins to cool down, I've been sitting there working on a net or patching something or running a trot line. And I look out there in the river, and the river is, is, is barely flowing. I mean, you can put a trammel of webbing all the way across the river. The, the currents all died out. It's beginning to cool down in the early fall. Many a time, I've been sitting there working on a net, and I look up, and you see an Opelousas catfish. I'm not kidding now. Long is this table here, mm -hmm. and look. That's about. They just come up, up on top of the water, and they do like that. They just do like that, like a shark. And I would the estimate them at close to one hundred pounds. Yep, big fish. They just come up, and he'll just go down like a whale. I'm sitting there, you know, catching fish for a living, and I'm like, boy, I hope he gets tangled. What's the up biggest op you ever caught? Maybe seventy-five or eighty pounds. Yep. Yep, you've caught. Not Jason around has a picture here. down the down on the icebox there. He's got a picture of one. He's holding him up, but he was basically his tail from from. He was from about the one I caught. Yeah, yeah. that one that he was about fifty. <clears throat> right, about fifty. That's the biggest one we caught around here. But my only point I was going to make is, to me, it's way more important viewing how these details came here than what we're going to do about it rising a degree every hundred years i mean that if there's a creator and you get in good with him you're not gonna have to worry that's about why it. we I view mean, it differently than most people so i think if you want to help the demeanor of the planet we need some more spice like opelousas you know, that, that's a way bigger problem i think people are just grumpy in nature because they don't season their food <laughs> That's why people love Go to come to Louisiana, and they're like, I, I, so I'm like, here's a bumper sticker. The world needs more spice. The world needs more spice. We need more seasoning. Yeah. I mean, it's just <clears> ridiculous. <throat> so I, I went, I, I didn't tell you I was going to uh, the last podcast. I went to my first restaurant in years last night. There, there's one except there's a little hole-in-the-wall restaurant that I'll take Missy to every once in a while, but it's a small place, and they – Treat me right. I can go in the back room. Nobody knows. But last night, I mean, I, mean, I haven't cause... tried that in years. It was the last time well, you I tried it last night. Years. And let me tell you, if you go into a restaurant in Westboro, Louisiana, I went to the Texas Roadhouse. 
Right off it's the interstate. Let me just tell you right now, you're going to be recognized. <laughs> and I, I thought, why are all these people? But you're on the wall there, right? Well, I didn't know I was on the wall, Al. <laughs> We're on the wall. And so the, I haven't been look, in there, but I the, heard the waitress came up. I wonder why I'm being recognized. <laughs> look, the waitress came when up. When you're sitting under a mural of yourself. It's and kinda... she looked at me and she, I saw her look away. She looked at me. She looked away. She looked at me. And I thought, what? Are we on camera? I was thinking, is she, what is she looking at? And I looked over there and there's half the size of a wall. It's like me, you, huh. Willie. Inside and, things. I didn't know that. And I said, I think that's me. And she said, well, I wasn't going to say anything. Said, well, you didn't have to. Did you sign looking. it or anything? No. Now, this place, you couldn't stick another person in there. It's always passing. I said, well, uh, who put that up there? And she said, well, I'm sure, you know, the owners. I said, well, look, how about this? I didn't realize my picture was up there, but now that I do, how about the next time we call since I have a picture on here, let's move us up <laughs> about, in, in the back. How about me getting order. the table? Cause, yeah, because we had to wait. They called it a, what did they call that? Oh, it was on my wife's phone. Uh, the queue. They're like, you're, you know, 14th in the queue. We'll sit in your car and we'll call you. That's why they do it now. I guess oh, they yeah. learned this during COVID. I don't know. I hadn't been in a restaurant in so long. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it was it was really good. The bread was good. It was a good. I ate at one recently in Ohio, and the first time I had, it's so funny because we were eating there because there wasn't a lot of places where we were, and I was like, you know, there's one of these at home I've never been in. <laughs> but, That's the first time I've been. But the but, steak was really look, good. My daughter, she graduated high school, and she wanted to go rest. But when she said it was in the parking lot uh, of where we had the parade and all, and she was like. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll see y'all back at the house. And she said, well, I was thinking we'd go to a restaurant. It was so funny because it just got quiet. (laughs) Did she just just say, I think we need to go to a restaurant? (laughs) And I thought, and Missy looked at me, I looked at her, and I was like, let's go. (laughs) We're celebrating tonight. We're going to a restaurant. We're living it up. That's so funny. And uh, And it's so funny because people go all the time. Uh, Let's take a break. Well, now that the uh, Department of Homeland Security has created a department known as the Disinformation Governance Board, uh. <laughs> which, and then they got the the looniest person that I've ever seen to get into law enforcement. Uh-huh. <laughs> so free speech is definitely under attack, uh, which is why we support uh, one of our sponsors uh, that supports us, Patriot Mobile. Uh, they bill themselves as America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. And they're very passionate about free speech and our constitutional rights. They offer the same nationwide coverage as all the major carriers. So you can get the same great service, plus the peace of mind, knowing your money uh, is not going to the left, uh, which is important for many of our listeners. Patriot Moto has plans to fit any budget. Their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. So... We want to support these guys. They support us, and they think like we do. They also have uh, veteran and first responder uh, discounts as well. So go to patriotmobile.com slash fill, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation with the offer code fill. And as I said, veterans and first responders are going to save even more to make the switch. Patriotmobile.com slash fill, or call them at 972-PATRIOT.
But it, it wasn't that bad. I mean, you know. It's, so, I, <clears throat> Jace, you reminded me a couple of weeks ago or a month ago, I was in Mobile and I was on my way to the Southern Lair and I was picking up mom and Lisa at the airport and they were flying in and their flight got delayed. So I was like, well, I guess I'll just go hang out somewhere and eat a bite. So it was a fish place out by the airport in Mobile. And so I go in there and I walk in, there wasn't hardly anybody in there because it's like 830 at night, you know, but I hadn't eaten. So I thought, well, I'll just eat a little bit of fish here. And so this girl, the hostess, she's standing there and I walk up and I was like, just me tonight. You know, I'm looking, the place is pretty much empty. There's a few people eating at the bar. And uh, and she just looks at me and she doesn't say anything. And so long enough where it got awkward, like I thought, I was looking behind me like, did she think I, did she think I said somebody else was coming? Because she was just looking at me. And she said, did you used to be on TV? And I was like, yeah. Well, she must have watched a lot of episodes. <laughs> no, And so, yeah, I wasn't much <laughs> on TV. I said, yeah, I used to be on TV. And she said, who are you? And I said, who do you think I am? <laughs> and she said, are you one of the Robertsons? And I said, yeah. And she was like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. You know, and she like starts freaking out. She said, would it be appropriate if you if I took a picture with you? My, my, my dad loves you, whatever, you know. So I take the picture. And I said, well. I said, "Will it will it help me get my food quicker?" If it... No. <laughs> and she started laughing. Yeah. But I was like, "It was, you know, it doesn't happen to me as much as it happens to y'all." But it was kind of funny. Well, if you don't ever go to them, I mean, it's not that that's a problem, but it's just like if you're going to eat somewhere, because a lot of people say, "Well, what's the problem?" Because a lot of times you go to these places, you can't even eat the meal because it turns into a meet and greet. And the whole purpose, you're kind of going there for your dog. You're explaining why I tried it. <laughs> well, look, it wasn't bad last night. I mean, well, yeah. most local, it, that's it, a local if place. If people stare at you, if that bothers you, Phil, don't go. Because they're going to stare and you're going to hear your names kind of whispered. And it's, it is kind of embarrassing. But all I'm saying is... It wasn't bad. Well, was I'd say good. the main reason we don't go to restaurants much is because our food is better than most restaurants. Well, that's true. I mean, that's a Which big gets part back to the seasoning. And But that place was pretty good last night. I, yeah, I, 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 was, I enjoyed that. I mean, that bread, whew, I don't know what they do, but. Right. I mean, it was. I, I, I'd hurt somebody over that. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I'm not eating bread right now, but that, it sounds good. Yeah, it was delicious. Now, you were talking about the sustainer. Um, I think that's why we don't freak out like most people do about planetary issues, even though we're all conservationists. I mean, Dad, oh, you're, yeah. Dad you're one of the uh, greatest uh, conservationists in the state of Louisiana. I mean, you have created 18, 1,600 acres or whatever it is of, of you know, habit, uh, habitat. These, look, my habit. persecutors get so angry when they bring up all these environmental issues, and they're like, "I'm like, yeah, I agree with that one, and I agree with it." And they're like, "Well, wait a minute, you can't agree with me. You're, you're, this is not allowed." I was like, "Oh no, I, I love the earth, and I mean, I love nature, and I spend way more time out of, out in nature than the average person." But I also look and. Hebrews 3, 4 comes to mind. Every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. I'm just giving the proper credit to where the nature, what you're calling nature, that's God's yeah. evidence of creation. Yeah, there's a different, we look, we view the world through a different prism when <clears throat> we understand the the creator and sustainer. Uh, Jason, I'm speaking at a an environmental 
environmental conference in I think it's June the tenth yeah. in, in Washington. You can DC. make it. You can make nature I'm your, a go, your your God. Yes. You know they exchange the truth of God and worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator. Right. Used to be forever praised. That's Acts chapter one. Oh, the two biggest responses I get among in my speeches are when I say that trees don't need hugs. <laughs> People do. Yeah, and uh, I forgot my other one that I was just fixed to say. Uh, do you do it out of your Genesis nine thing? Oh, no, yeah, I do. I hit the Genesis yeah. nine, and the other one is because because everybody that has seen the Duck Show, they saw that we blow up a lot of stuff, and so when I make the point. And I have seen a lot of explosions, but I've never seen one explosion where everything came into order. <laughs> yeah, it was usually an explosion you know, of disorder. So I'm like, <clears throat> whether the explosion happened, the Big Bang, or God allowed the Big Bang to happen, or he chose some other form of creation, and y'all just made that up. Explosions don't bring things in perfect harmony in such detail, like a blue cat looking similar and an op looking <laughs> uniquely all, all different. different and they're of the same species. How come in the process through millions of years that that we're left with that result? That doesn't make any sense. Right. And there's no way you can twist that to even have it an attempt. <clears throat> and it all was the result of an explosion that randomly I happened. A, I built a wetland over there and, Somebody said, are you going to plant trees around it and all? I said, I'm going to plant bald cypress because when the, when the farming community, we turned the swampland into, into farmland, farm land, a lot of bald cypress bit the dust. Yep. So I planted thousands of bald cypress. I said, I'll plant the cypress out here in this area. I'm going to make it. I, the Corps of Engineers had to get a permit, so I showed them what I wanted to do. I said, what would you say that looks like out there right now? So I took them over there when it was just sitting there. And they said, well, just a field full of weeds, just overgrowth of weeds. I said, what if that was a wetland? We had frogs, and we had fish, and we had ducks lighting on it. I said, what if all that right there was a, you know, 40 acres up or so? I said, what if that was a wetland? Would, would it be better? They looked at it. They said, it would be much better. I said, that's what I want to do. Yep. I said, I'll plant bald cypress, but I won't, but there'll be a lot of willow coming up. I said, there's not a willow tree out there. You notice that? And they, yeah. I said, I'm going to plant cypress around it when we do the dirt work. I said, but the cranes will plant the, the willows. <laughs> they said, you reckon? I said, I think so. Well, now you drive over there. It hadn't been but seven or eight years ago. Yep. Now there are willow, willow trees yeah. 30 feet tall. Yeah. 30 feet. They they just started coming up. The cranes lit in there. With them yeah, you're talking bloom. about the bird, the crane, not the... No, yeah. The, I'm talking not about the, to be the confused. crane bird. Of the, yeah, the, with a crane yeah. or size... Yeah, the blue heron. Uh, the blue heron. The blue heron. They or, came or, over and they had the, the willow bloom on their legs. And they planted them, and I looked out there, and I started seeing the willows. I said, well, here come the willows. Well, now it's bald cypress and willow, willow break. But uh, you go out there, look at it now. It's one beautiful thing, way better than a field of weeds. So I had a specialty way, way basketball shot called the crane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an episode. The crane. The crane. The birds, the crane. The birds planted it. All right.
Well, and that's that's why they asked me to come speak because he said, you know, mo- the hunting community and the fishing community. I mean, they're some of the greatest conservationists in America. And I was like, no absolutely. Doubt. And, and I mean, who doesn't want clean streams and clean rivers and don't put pollution in there? And, you know, they finally fixed this up here. You know, when well, y'all are old men, next 20, 20 years, y'all will be in your 70s. Yeah. That's how fast this thing is rolling. I'm already there. You know, you'll be in your 90s. Well, if I make it that long, <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, life is pretty short. It is. And especially when you're growing trees. Yeah. But amazingly, you stand by and look. I planted slow trees, and this year, after one decade, 10 years later, I walked out there and I noticed they all bloomed yep. this year. First time? They bloomed. Well, First you know, time. you remember the. Uh, They're loaded. The, the, the slows or the plug will plug their, their, their plums, and they don't get ripe to August. Slow, slow. Well, it reminds me of that passage in. Corinthians, where it says, you know, he who plants and he who waters are nothing, but only God makes things grow. Now, he was talking about in the church, right? sharing Jesus. But same thing with the the crops. I mean, we have, we're real innovative now, especially with technology. you got tractors that can plant a field by itself. Oh, yeah. You can't make that stuff grow. You put all the conditions, it's just, how's it happening? Yeah. So, but what I was going to say is, you know, Missy had a ministry a few years ago called Laminin, where she had these women coming out of sex trafficking and various other things. And uh, she'd give them a job. Most of them get out of prison. They'd, they'd bring them to the Lord in prison, hand them over to Missy, where she'd give them a job. But she called it Laminin because she got that from that famous sermon by Giglio, Giglio, Louis Giglio, who... He came up with it because he was just doing a, a series about how the human body, kind of what we're talking about with the earth, the human body is an evidence with God. Yeah. And uh, even I look, when we just filmed this show, I remember I'm talking to, I'm not sure if he's a believer or not, but one of the cinematographers or the cameraman, they were saying something about they got this shot and look how cool this is. And I was like, you know what's crazy? I was like, as sophisticated as camera that is, I was like, how much that thing costs? I think he said it's like 200 grand. One camera, $200,000. Oh, uh, and they got some more than that. I said 200000 <laughs> Well, yeah, I remember a slow-mo shot we had in, in the duck show. It was like three fifty. Yeah. And uh, they had him up to I said, as sophisticated as that is, I said, the human eyeball is the most sophisticated camera the world has ever known. And he kind of looked up at it. He's like, well, it's not a camera. I said, oh, it's a camera. Oh, yeah. I said, it can intake so many scenes per millisecond and edit it, edit them, and then actually get a response. Yeah. It, it's like the greatest show on earth. It is. The human eyeball. So that was what Giglow was pursuing, stuff like that. Jeff. Let's take a break. And so he bumps into some molecular biologist and said, you know, he told him what he was doing. They met. And he was like, well, you need to, you need to introduce laminin. And he was like, do what? I mean, Giglio never yeah. even heard of it. And so, and y'all probably heard the story, but I don't know if everybody has, but if you hadn't, it's fascinating. Yeah. And but, you can Google this speech and you know, it's out, it's on the internet, yeah. Giglio speech. But if you it. look at the, the molecule or the, I don't know the science of it all that holds our cells together 
It's at the. It, it's in the DNA strand, I think. Yeah, is what DNA it's strand. Well, it's the shape of a cross. Which I mean, when you read this verse in Colossians one sixteen, that's why everybody went nuts in the Christian world. Which is in him or seventeen, he in him all things hold together. They're like, <clears throat> so he has a picture that he shows in his presentations, yes. and it's kind of kind of squiggly a little bit. Yeah. And the opponents, the the people who don't believe in God, they're like, well, it's a squiggly cross, though. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah, it's not a true because you know how all the religious sect of the world has all this jewelry and the. And what I mean, you know, yeah. the oh, you walk in, ooh, everything's in the shape of a perfect cross, and so they try to make a slant on that. Well, it's not, it's not about that. I mean, what what I'm telling you is, I think when people look at everything thing through the filter of Jesus, you do notice these things. I mean, do I think it really matters one one way or another? But I do think it's interesting. Because I just think the cells and DNA is so complex. I mean, the DNA itself is the most complex code in the world. Well, who wrote that? It's yeah. in your body. Yeah. Nobody wrote that unless there's a God. And by the way, it's unique to every person. Which goes back to the explosion. And even at the animal world, they have DNA. Yeah. Well, who wrote all this stuff? <clears throat> oh, it's, it's, so, it's mapping and coding you know, as a believer, I do think when I see the cross in in my key structures of molecules holding together, it's in the shape of a cross. I think, yep, I that makes it. sense to me. <clears throat> that was the most powerful part of that that presentation he does to me. He shows the bigness of God. That's the same one where he talked about the. If you had this this some giant sun that they found in another oh I've used that many times and so that's yeah. the same speech and then but whether you're looking at the bigness of the universe mm-hmm. and how giant everything is down to molecular things you can't even see with the naked eye it all shows God doing just what we talked about in this text oh so I've done creating sustain back when I did that uh, off his speech I think the you know that Canis Majoris is the yeah. one he used which back then was like number seven biggest star. Maybe it was number one when he did it. Right. But it was seven. But now, now they found Now it's like oh, that little 25th, you know. <laughs> right. And it was so big that he had an illustration that if it was the size of a golf ball, you could fill up the state of Texas two foot deep in golf in balls. In golf balls. The earth. That, that many earths <laughs> in this star. Well, come on. Now. There's big and there's that. Yeah. And this is not even in the top 20 anymore on the biggest stars you've seen with a telescope. This place is beyond huge. That's not huge. That's a, that's a word we've yet to come up with. <laughs> yeah. There's not a big enough word. And there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of these stars out here. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, did it just happen to a random explosion and then we just happened to... That's why I said when you base it on an explosion, and now I I think we have trouble grasping that because now... salt water, according to them, gave you the ability to recognize these things. There's a few that go the salt water route, but how did the salt water get here, you know? Yeah, you got to start out with something. 
I mean, you gotta this, you gotta have a. Unfortunately for them, they start off with an explosion. I know, That's I know. a terrible place. Well, to start. it ain't because of lack of looking. But well, where would you because start? They've looked at them, and the more they look, they say, if we could only find some water, liquid water. So far, well, the only planet that has it is ours. That's it. Well, so far, and we even have planets that they found that you could drive a spaceship through. Yeah. You could go through the planet. Oh, yeah, it's gaseous. I mean, that's pretty amazing. And how does it stay together, but you can go through it? Well, as a believer, I'm like, oh, yeah, that resurrected body. The only other thing I know that, that did that was when Jesus went through a door <laughs> post-resurrection. Well, there just happens to be a planet you can drive a plane through. Mm-hmm. Seems My way works. <laughs> Your way does it. You see what I mean? That's right. So when you read these passages, I mean, I think it's fine to talk about these things because he covers it all. He's like, whether things on heaven, in heaven or on earth, visible or invisible, then he gets into all the powers. Then he talks about holding things together. I mean, you just think about the structure that everything has, and and you take out God's life-giving spirit. Which, you know, in Genesis, he says that even his, the separation from that tree and him not, I think the word is contending with their spirit, made them ultimately where they're on a path to death. Right. But if you could just get around him, you'll stay alive. That's right. Because <laughs> he is life. That's what people miss. I yeah. mean, and that was what John one we talked about before. I was going to read this <coughs> text, Jax, because you talk about <coughs> Jesus looking at it from his perspective in John seventeen, right before he was about to, you know, be put on the cross. He said, "Father, the time has come. Verse one, glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you, for you granted him authority." He's talking third person by himself. You granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now father glorify me in your presence and the glory I had with you before the world began. I just like the way he describes that in his own words about what we're talking about in Colossians to God himself, to the father. I mean, he's laying out exactly what we're reading about. And he says, I came here, we had this task, I'm about to do it, and then I'm going to return, and that glory is going to be the same as when we, we created the whole thing. I mean, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's kind of like you just, the earth and our existence, it's kind of like you just stuck in, stuck a VCR tape into this eternal thing. Right. Person. Right. I mean, he's he's eternal. If you're eternal, you're eternal. Right. So interject the planet, people, for a purpose, turn them into eternal, and then live together. The good question to ask is why do we, out of all things, <clears throat> the world to this day, regardless of the naysayers, how in the world do you end up counting time by Jesus Christ. The reality of time, the years that come and the years that go, it's all based on him. 
Oh, yeah. Everything before him is called everything before him. Yep. When he arrived, everything since then, and O Domini, yeah. year of our Lord. Do you realize how hard that would be for any individual that the world would count time by him, whether they love him or hate him, they still count time by him. It, it's a, he's a time marker. Well, I think some people are trying to change that for that reason. Oh, I know. But, but it I won't find- matter because he's still the marker. Let's take another break. Well, I think that gets into this phrase that I think we should talk about, that one in 15 where it says he is the firstborn over all creation. So what do y'all think about that? Well, never been first time ever. God is a human being. At the same time, He's God. He's a human being and God. That right there is a that's a that's a tough that's a tough situation for a person to say. Only one anybody ever can pull that off. No. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's referring to his birth or if he's referring to the creation of the of like Earth and the universe. But he was the he was the firstborn over all creation. Right. Well, last never been anybody like him. Right. The promise was there, Genesis three fifteen, but the fruition didn't come till they looked up and this heavenly host arrived. And the king said, kill them all. Kill all these babies. Good night. What's going to happen here? Well, he shows up. I mean, I mean that was quite the feat. You know, yeah. born in a barn, basically. Right. You like to get him here. Well, that goes back to that Isaiah 9 we read, that, that prediction that he was going to be a mighty God, wonderful counselor, prince of peace. Mm-hmm. Well, that threatened the government. That's they're, why, they're looking out for that, thinking this is the most powerful being. We need to get rid of him right. early on. <clears throat> when, when told, remember, uh, I'll, I'll read the Luke account. When told by an angelic being appears, and he told, the angel said, the, uh, uh, let's see, the prediction is made, and Mary, the one that's going to, guide this principle that someone who is 100% human is also 100% God. How will this be, Mary asked the the angel, since I'm a virgin? You're saying I'm going to give birth to this being, this child. How's that going to work? I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God because his Father is in heaven, not on earth, as most human beings get here. He's the firstborn over all creation. Even Elizabeth brings up old Zachariah's wife. Your relative is going to have a child in her old age. God's going to do this, by the way, Right down the road there, Elizabeth, you know her, right? Yeah, I know. He said, you know, he, she's pregnant too. She's nine months. She's uh, seven months. And she was said to be barren. Couldn't have kids. And they done got old. But there's a baby coming out of that, that two, those two, two. <laughs> like, what? For, for nothing 
is impossible with God. I'm God's, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be as you have said. Then the angel took off. You talk about a while for somebody to sit down, four people, and pontificate on that particular event. Yeah. First born over all creation because no sperm, no sex. And all of a sudden, he's going to come out of you, little girl. She's like, I'm a virgin. I say, go. I mean, you just think about it. Said, Nothing's impossible for God. He can do anything. So well, I think it's quite the read. I had a thought on this. So I read Romans eight twenty nine, which says, For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. Yep. And the point of Colossians is for us to live a life worthy of the Lord, to become like him on, on earth. Right. And we read 1 John 3 last time, not only on the earth are we going to be like him, but we're going to be like him at the resurrection. 1 John 3 clearly says we will be like him. He will resurrect us and we will be changed to be like him. Which is why it says later that he's the firstborn from among the dead as well. Right. To your point. But then he says that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Now that caused me some pause when I read that because I thought, and here in Romans, he starts off talking about us, that God's got a plan. And he called us to the plan. And... We become like Jesus somehow, in quotations. And in that process, he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. Then it says, what shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? So, And then he says, he who didn't give up his own son, he goes to the gospel, right. basically here. So then it made me turn over to John 1 because I had a thought about this because John 1 <coughs> parallels Colossians 1, as we said, and Philippians 2, 5. Mm, Hebrews so, 1. So John says, and we're familiar with this, same terminology. In the beginning was was the Word, words with God, Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. So verse 3, if you look at John 1, 3 and Colossians 1, 17, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. That life was the light of men, which is what I just got through saying. He he is life. So when they killed him in Acts 2, that in Peter's sermon it says, well, it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him because he is life. Where we're, it's impossible for us to stay alive on earth. Yep, it's impossible. It's the complete opposite. Yep. So you get the Spirit of God because then it, it won't be possible for you to die. I mean, that's the draw to this. Hang on, Jess. Let's take our last break. But going through the process of Romans 8 and speaking of Jesus as the firstborn among the dead and him calling us to that, I mean, the firstborn of all creation, I think we've underestimated this John 1 and verse 11. 11. It says, he came to that which is own, but his own didn't receive him. Talking about the Jews. Yet to all who received him. Now that's everybody. Those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
And what I'm interjecting, I didn't read this in a book, and I could be wrong, but it just seems like when you look at him being the firstborn over all creation and you think about the phrases of being a new creation and what I'm fixed to read, of being born again, born of God, he then says he gave us the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of a human decision, but born of God. Which is to your point, Dad. Well, Jesus was the first one born of God. He was the firstborn of God. Correct. But all of a sudden in Romans 8, it says, you know, he called us, he predestined us. There's a plan here, which he goes through the plan right after that, saying Jesus came here. He went around how mankind gets here, sperm, egg, Exactly. Earth. He said, I ain't talking about that. He, he said, this, this is not, not that. This is another kind of birth. And this is the first time this has ever happened. Yeah, correct. <laughs> we got someone showing up. There was no sperm and no egg needed. Yeah. But what I'm telling That's you is. That's hard to get here that way. But yeah. two chapters later, he's telling Nicodemus, you need to be born, of, born again. Well, I think he's talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Jesus allows us. He was setting the shadow for us to be born again. Mm-hmm. So when he got to Colossians 1, because look, I read all the commentaries about this, and the only part I disagree with a lot of the religious world is that when they get to the mystery being revealed in the last part of Colossians 1, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory, well, all of them put that post-resurrection. Mm. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm like, what about when you're born again? You're born again. You have God's Holy Spirit, which Jesus embodies. And you heard about that through hearing what he did for you. But he embodies it. You can't have the Spirit without having Jesus in you, or the Father, for that matter. He embodies that. So when that happens, you've been born of God. It, and it's you're like, well, how how were you born again? Remember when Nicodemus said, yeah. it's not, "Well, he went back to the, like, this is not making sense. I can't be born again. I can't get back in my mother's womb." No, you're born of God. Jesus was the firstborn. No womb necessary. And no, now, no, no egg, when, no sperm. When you participate in that, and and I believe it's you know in the vehicle he chose for us to surrender. It's not. Anything you're doing yourself, but when you're baptized, you're, when we get to Colossians 2, based on who Jesus is, you're then participating, and Christ is cutting off your sinful self. He's he's returning you to your innocent virgin form, Yep, and you're be, you've become a new creation, and Jesus set the precedent of that on his arrival. I mean, I just think, it's a possibility that's what he's referring so to. So born again actually agrees with he he was he was the firstborn. He was the firstborn. We're being born again yeah. in the spirit of Jesus. That's yeah. why he said the mystery <coughs> is the spirit of Christ yeah. in you. Yeah. No, I think that's right, Jason. And you Paul describes it in Romans. You could make an argument we're the firstborn of all creation because we're in Jesus. Well, he technically was the firstborn, but we're the, Everybody the, else, the first to, born yeah. again <laughs> in Jesus, which is the the clock is or the counter is ticking. Well, you, he remember Paul in Romans five 
describes Jesus in comparison to Adam. Because Adam was the first man on the earth, yep. but also the first couple committed the first sin, which created a need for reconciliation, which that's why Jesus had to come here. So that's the way Paul described it. He said, yeah. you know, sin, death came through a man. He said, but now life also comes to a man. He compares yeah. it to Christ. So each that just, in that's own, a and I don't think each it's, in his own turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him. Yeah. And I don't think it's an accident that he chose something, baptism, that number one was not in the old law. I looked it up. It's not in there. Nope. Nothing about baptism in the law of law. Nope. It was nope. not a law. And number two, it's something that you 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 don't do any kind of performance in because someone the act of it is you giving up your performance, desire, goals, whatever. whatever. Right. You giving up and someone then does something to you in the physical part of you you're not you're you're physically not doing anything except being dunked yep i mean you think that's a coincidence that he chose that there's something not in the law yep it's not a law right because you can't your performance he, he's real clear on it's that certainly not a work it's not a work no nope. we've ruled that <laughs> out and there's it's nothing a, magical about the there's water there's nothing magical about the water it's uh, not because he addresses that in First Peter. Yep. Like you're taking a bath now. You're, right. Well, what are we doing here? Yeah. But it's a pledge of a good conscience towards God. Well, what is the pledge? It is that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Son of God. And he is the, you just name these 12 things. He's the image of God. He's the firstborn over all creation. He's created all things. And he, he's created, not only was it by him, but it was for him. He, he created me because I'm part, you're, we're part of that creation. And you literally can have this. He's above all other power. Any human power, might, government, me went through the whole list. That's why the reality uh, is in him. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Well, the supremacy and the reality. He's the supreme being. Right. The, there's a. There's only one. That's why when people say, "Well, I, I'd be more comfortable if you just say he wasn't the supreme," but there's only one supreme, or it wouldn't be supreme. Right. There's a. <laughs> can't be co-supreme. No. One is supreme, the other's not. That's right. So you say, well, "What do I have to be to be supreme?" You have to be. You have to have these 12 characteristics. If you're before everything, if you've conquered death, if you're over all the powers, if you can be an innocent sacrifice, you can make peace through blood. You can create all things, not only by your hand, but for you. What else did I leave out? Whether visible, invisible, uh, all things hold together. Sustainer. Yeah. Yeah, you got to be able to hold all things together. Now, that's a tricky one. Mm. <laughs> but if you take God's energy out of created things, I guarantee you, I don't know what that would look like, but probably something like a shooting star yeah. from a global, universal. 
<clears throat> which is a dying star, which is all right. So we're out of time. Uh, we'll we'll hash a little bit more of this in the uh, the overtime. If you want to follow us over. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.